Father, we pray that you will indeed take our hearts and seal them with your grace. Help us to understand your word and help us to be different people as we continue in worship. Your spirit speaks into our hearts and we pray this through Christ Jesus. Amen. How would you rate your memory? Depends, right? I know for me, you know, I can, I can tell you the starting lineup for both teams in the 1968 World Series, the Cardinals and the Tigers, but I can't remember what I was supposed to get when I went to the grocery store. You know, you, the, the, we have these different things that we, we remember, we connect with, and other things we can't. And, and it seems as though our memory sort of fluctuates up and down and and maybe you feel like you have a great memory. You can remember facts and figures and things you're supposed to do, and maybe not. There's a I read a story. This happened probably 15, 20 years ago. A woman tells about a senior coworker who were going on a on his business trip, and he was infamous for forgetting things. And she said, true to form, um, you know, they, he he left a book on the plane when they got to the hotel. He had somebody else's luggage. Uh, he left his camera in, in, a, in a restaurant. And when they got back uh, to their home and they went out to the car and he couldn't find his car keys. And come to find out he had actually left his car keys in the lock in the trunk of his car. Just hanging there. That was before you had, you know, the little fobs that you click. And the keys just hanging there and some good Samaritan saw them and turned them into the attendant. So they're driving along and back to home and he, he says, you know, looks like you're about out of gas. And oh yeah, so he pulls into a service station, he jumps out, he pays for the gas, gets back in the car and he says, you know, I would really appreciate it if you don't tell people that I left the keys hanging in the trunk of the car. People at work, I'd really be embarrassed by that. She said, okay, but only if I can tell them that you just paid for the gas but didn't pump any. <laughs> you know, our, our memories kind of up fluctuate up and down and, and we have different thoughts about them. But what I've come to discover is that memory is, is so vitally connected to spiritual life. You know, what, our, our memories are, are essential elements of what it means to be spiritually vital people. How well we remember things has great bearing on our relationship with God and our walk with Christ. And, and I think that's a big part of what, what Samuel is trying to tell Israel in this passage that we've read this morning. Samuel's giving this farewell speech and, and he's telling them about the things that have happened, just a brief history of their nation. And one of the, one of the saddest verses in all of Scripture is when Samuel says to them, You have forgotten the Lord your God. And the result of forgetting God is that when they come face to face with the world around them and they see what happens in everybody else's world, they decide they would rather have a king like everyone else than continue to have God as their king. Here's a group of people whom God has said to them, I will be your king. This is the creator of the universe. The Lord of all says, I'll be your king. And they look around and say, you know what? We appreciate that. Nice offer. We kind of like the way these guys operate. We want to be like them. Because honestly, we don't think you're all that much different than everybody else. 
And Samuel says, the reason you've made that decision is because you have forgotten God. You've forgotten who God is. You've forgotten what God has done. You have forgotten God. And the reality of our spiritual lives, the vitality of our spiritual lives is directly tied into how well we remember God. Now, remembering God is not just about knowledge. This is not just some kind of theological trivia game. It's not excluding that, but it's so much more than that. We're not just talking about how many facts about God can you remember. It's about remembering God in such a way that it leads us to trust God. And there is a direct correlation between knowing and trusting. If you're driving down Highway 19 and you see someone hitchhiking along the road and you have no idea who they are, odds are you're probably not going to stop. Because something in the back of your mind doesn't quite trust picking up a stranger. But if you know them, hopefully you will stop and pick them up. Because you have a relationship with them. You trust that, you're, that they have a legitimate need. You trust them as someone you know. And you stop. And the more we know God, the more we trust God. But it comes back to how well we remember what God has done and who God is. And that's why Samuel gives Israel here this litany. It's brief, but it's a litany of the things that God has done for them. He brought them out of Egypt. He rescued them time and time again. And even when they turned their backs on him, even when they rejected him, God kept coming back to them. God kept being there for them. He kept forgiving them over and over and over again. And you and I, in our up and down, rocky relationship with God, need to remember that God is always faithful, that God is always good, that God is always for us. Because when we forget that, there are serious consequences. When we forget who God is, anxiety and fear overwhelms us. When we forget what God has done, we get crushed by the burdens of this world because we have nowhere to turn. When we forget God, life has a way of turning us and twisting us into places that leads us to pain to hopelessness, to struggle. And in remembering God, we have a place in which to place our trust. We have a place in which to place our lives and know that despite whatever may happen, whether it's what we want or not, God is reliable because we know God is good and faithful and gracious and merciful and compassionate and true and just. How do you know those things? Because we have filled our memory bank with who God is and what God has done. And every one of us needs to create this repository of memories about who God is and what God has done. And we do that personally. 
We do that through the reading of scripture and prayer and solitude and meditation. And we need those things because what fights against the what fights against establishing a memory bank of God is all the noise and the busyness of life. How many times have you said to yourself, I'm too busy to read the scripture today. I'm too busy to really pray in any length, with any length of time. I'm too busy for that. It's because life pushes in upon us and we forget that the most important thing we can do is to fill our minds with God. To fill our minds with the scriptures. To fill our minds with with prayer. To be reminded of who God is and what God has done. To take time for silence before God. To meditate on God and his word. Nothing else is more important. But the busyness of life squeezes our time And we end up empty. And the noise. You know, it reminds me of how the Grinch stole Christmas. You remember that scene? Oh, the noise, the noise, the noise. And that's life. Our world is filled with so much noise. Auditory noise, visual noise. We even have have different ways of describing noise. We have white noise. You know, we we have all kinds of ways to describe all the kinds of noise that comes into our lives. And the noise keeps us from remembering God because it distracts us. And our attention is drawn continually to all of these impulses that are continually coming at us. And the only way to combat that is to take time away from it. Silence. Solitude, meditation. The world is not going to say to us, we're not going to be reminded by the world, you've spent time with God today, right? The exact opposite is going to happen. Everything else is going to be grabbing at our attention and unless we are intentional about it, the noise will overwhelm us. And then we wonder, why don't we have the spiritual resources that we wish we had? Why do we keep giving in to temptation? Why do we allow worry and fear to to eat away at us and, and to destroy us? Because we have no foundation. We let the noise overwhelm us. But it's not just personal. It's also a corporate building of memories. We come together in worship because in this place, it's not just about us. In this place, we we sing songs that we like or don't like. And and we do things in worship that that may speak to us and may not. And we're with people that we're really tightly connected to and maybe people we're not connected to. But that's why the church is so important. Is because without the church, we would simply default to whatever we want to do in whatever ways we want to do it. And God has bigger plans for us than that. And God often builds things into our memories in surprising ways. He sneaks up on us. 
And when we come together for worship, we are forced to encounter things that challenge our individualism and and challenge our preferences and challenge our self-centeredness. But in those moments of corporate gatherings, we are building memories. We are building remembrances of God in our minds and in our hearts. This is why I keep coming back over and over again to the church calendar. And I know I talk about this a lot, but I just think it is so important. Centuries ago, when the church fathers sat down and said, how can we help people remember what God has done? They designed the calendar. And it's all built around the the life of Christ. Advent of preparing for Christ to come and Christmas, celebrating the, the coming of Christ, the incarnation an epiphany, the revelation of God in Christ, not just to one group of people, but to the whole world. And Lent, a time to, to think about the passion of Christ. And Easter, a time to celebrate the victorious resurrection of Christ. And Pentecost, the time to rejoice and to be the church of Christ. And without that calendar, we get sucked into what the world tells us about how the year revolves. And those things aren't unimportant. But what we really need is a world that revolves around what God has done and what Christ has done. And that's why in the Old Testament, God gives to the Israelites these festivals that they come together to celebrate every single year. Because they and we so easily forget. It's because we forget that we need to be reminded And to build this repository of knowledge and remembrances about who God is and about what God has done. Fred Craddock is one of my favorite preachers. I would suspect he's probably in his 80s by now. But I would would drive a long ways to hear him preach. He taught for a long time at Candler School of Theology at Emory University. And I heard him... I heard him tell one time about going to visit a woman in the church where he was, that he was a part of. And he went to pray with her. She was going to have surgery the next day. So he went to the hospital to pray with her. And he said the minute he walked in the room, he could tell that she was not doing well. Just her body language. She had the sheets in her hands and they were all clenched up. And she was twisting them around. And her face was just filled with anxiety and worry and fear. And he walked in the room and said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Please, I need you to pray with me. Please pray with me. And he said, well, that, that's why I came. That's why I'm here. And he said, he looked over at the, at the nightstand next to her bed. And there was probably a stack of magazines, 12, 15 inches high. It, you know, the uh, National Enquirer and the Daily Mirror and the TV this and, you know, entertainment that and, and all these things. And he said there were probably 15, 18 magazines there. And in his words, not two calories in the whole bunch. And he said, I realize no wonder she's so nervous and fearful and anxious. If that's what she is putting into her mind and, and, and filling her mind with. And it doesn't mean that we can't read secular things or that we can't read for entertainment. But what's the primary thing that's infusing, we're putting into our minds. He says, I stood there by her bed and I was contemplating this 
this interesting picture. I was reminded to back when I was in Sunday school. I remember Miss Emma Sloan was our Sunday school teacher. And she said, he said, honestly, she wasn't a very good teacher. He said, I would say she was unsuccessful. All we did in Sunday school was just memorize scripture. And we did it by, by the alphabet. So we come in, we memorize the scripture, tell it to her. We memorize another scripture and tell it to her. That was Sunday school. That's all we did. Just trying to keep nine and ten year old rowdy boys some semblance of, of, of doing something good. He said, I thought at the time, this is ridiculous. We're not gaining anything. But he said, you know, 50 years later, I can remember A, soft word turns away wrath. B, be kind one to another. C, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. D, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. E, every good and perfect gift from above. F, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. G, God is love. So I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've been sitting in a waiting room or on a plane or driving my car and those scriptures come rushing back to my mind and I am filled with peace and joy and hope because I'm remembering who God is and what God has done. And one of the ways in which God has helped us to remember is this table. Jesus says to his disciples, and Paul quotes it in the passage we read this morning, every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. This table is about the, the reality of trusting God, that we can trust him because we know who he is and we remember what he has done and we come to this table because we remember that Christ has gone to the cross for us and that Christ has risen from the dead and Christ is coming back for us. And at this table, we remember. And in remembering, no matter what we're dealing with in our lives, We are filled with a sense of God's presence, his joy, his peace, his grace, his mercy. We remember that God is for us and that God is good. And no matter what we are dealing with, we know that in Christ, God is enough. So what kind of of repository of memories are you building? Based on the priorities of our lives, how we spend our time and give our energy and how our lives are focused, what kind of memory bank about God are we developing and building. As we come to the table this morning, remember who Christ is. Remember what Christ has done and give thanks.
Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today for all that you have done for us and in us as your people. You have created all things. You are the sovereign over all things. You are our light and our salvation. Before the mountains were brought forth, or before you formed the earth, you alone are God. Father, you you sent Christ into this world. And through him, we have known you. Your grace, your mercy, your justice, your peace. In Christ, we see how deeply you identified with us as sinners. He preached good news to the poor and proclaimed release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. He set free the oppressed and announced that the time had come when you would save your people. And today we give you thanks. Father, we pray that you would help us to remember all of your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. And as we remember Give us grace to sacrifice ourselves anew to you. Let us be living and holy. Let us surrender ourselves as living and holy sacrifices. And we pray, Father, that as we receive the bread and the cup, As we eat and drink, we will once again, perhaps for the first time, remember what you've done for us in Christ and be changed. We pray this through his grace. Amen.